this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash. This is a show where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, and wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. My guests, I have two guests today. My guests today are Leah Lorendo and Thomas Gregory of Imprenzia. They instill individuals and the boldness to create inspiring impressions through their engaging communication. They guide individuals through a focused development process, including ennobling spirited leadership, which builds teams and strengthens organizations. Thank you guys for being Thank here. You. Thank you. Great to be here. It truly is an interesting thought. What? So what do you help people do? Our ultimate goal is to allow people to become exceptional communicators. And by doing that, they become extraordinary leaders. And it's quite a process. Uh, Our ultimate objective, though, is to uplift others, to draw the very best out of them. Yay. That's that's an awesome objective to have. (laughs) And so you work with, do you, you work with individuals and companies or mainly with companies? We do. We do both. And we thankfully have been asked to do that on a number of occasions with individuals and, and organizations that on some, some occasions too cannot afford to have the work. So we'll do pro bono work as well for some of the not-for-profits in oh, St. Louis. Oh, that is so nice of you. So Leah? Yes? You have to talk. Tell I, us. I tell us, jump in. Tell us some scoop. So we do work with individuals, and we also work with small teams. Like right now, we're working with a leadership team of a major company, and we coach the individual so that there's customization for each person. And then what we found, which was not our original goal, is that by having people work together as a group, it's building the team camaraderie for the leadership team. So we're learning some really cool things when they learn more about each other and how they communicate. It's very cool to see how it affects the whole organization. So it can completely transform a company. Uh, It is for this company, yes. Wow. So uh, the, the type of client that may come to you, what is their pain? It's interesting. No one has ever come to us and said, we need help with our technical abilities. (laughs) <laughs> they know they know well that they're very strong there. We tell them that we can take them from truly being great mm-hmm. to exceptional, and we can do that by the communicative work that we do. That's where most people struggle. And it was shocking in some ways to us to see that that is where it was, and gratefully, we can help them substantially. You know, and it seems like they wouldn't, I mean, that just seems like, well, you know how to communicate, mm-hmm. right? It seems like we we all have that. So then to then to discover, oh, there's just there's an even higher level, an even better way to get there and to communicate yeah. with the people that we are serving, which is one of the things I love about you guys is that you servant leadership. So you have to serve the people you are going to lead before you can be an effective leader, correct? Yes. Correct. Yes. I think that that really transformed, that gave me a new perspective on life. I mean, it gave me a new way of thinking about things. And so to bringing that into an organization, and do you have, do you, what kind of resistance do you get? Really no resistance that I can think of because part of it, as you're saying, is when you ask that question about what the pain that people have, most of the time they don't really know what it is. They'll just say, I'm not getting my message across, or somebody gave me feedback that I wasn't a strong communicator, but they don't really know what it is. 
So what we do first is we focus on them. We ask them about their situations. What are the results that they want? Who do they talk with? And by focusing on what they want to improve for others, whether it's clients or internal communication, then we're able to guide them where they want to go. So the resistance has been minimal. I remember a couple of clients we've had who would say on the first day, well, I was told that I had to work with you, and I, oh. I don't really want to. The way that we work is by, as Thomas said, building people up and focusing on them, that by the time we've worked with someone for a couple of sessions, they'll look at us and say, I wish I'd done this 20 years ago. Thank oh. you so much. I'm really gaining a lot. Because they're thinking at first that they're so, such great communicators. Why do I need this? And we talk about how to form that impression with others, and they realize what they can do to strengthen the impression they give other people. And is this communication both, you know, in your way, the way you talk to people as well as your, the written word? It is. It is both. It's such a combination. We hear that the term a lot, communication. And most people think they've got a great idea or handle on that. The reality is they really don't. And Paul, there's a great CEO, Paul Pullman, who's the CEO of Unilever, and he talks about this very thing. He talks about, you know, the, what we consider the soft skills are really the hard skills. They're very hard to master over time, and the only way to do that is through a lot of practice. Right. Oh, that's so interesting. Well, we also, we look at all aspects of communication and as part of your uh, answer to your question, that we look at the written communication we look at the verbal communication, literally the words that people use, as well as how they say them. We focus on the voice, vocal tone, emphasis on words, gestures, all the aspects of communication, and how all those aspects combine and align in order to give the impression that you want to your listeners. You know, and, and I think, do you find that there are people that unconsciously, there's something that they do and they don't even realize they do it. And how do you bring that up to them? Like, you know, you know obviously you can't be like, you know, it's totally annoying when you do this. <laughs> you know, I wish you'd stop that. But you're yeah. both such gentle spirits. So yeah. I can totally see you being able to, you know, how do you, how do you, like they have a nervous tick or, or, or maybe there's a word they use all, or, you know, the, the sure. typical, they um, 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 sure. um a lot. How do you bring that to their attention and work? Because that's, ba- you're asking them to communicate mm-hmm. in an entirely different manner. Yes. Well, one of the ways that we do that is with the use of video. Uh, We have found that a lot of people don't have great levels of self-awareness of how they communicate. And often when they see themselves on video, I'd even say almost always, they will notice the things that you just mentioned. Oh my gosh, I, I put my finger in my ear or I say, um, or, oh my goodness, I didn't know I did that. And no one has ever told them. And Usually what happens is they say, thank you. No one's ever told me that. And now that you pointed it out, tell me what I can do to make it different. Wow. And so that, those are the things that we get is instead of being upset with us, people are grateful that we've been honest with them and pointed out things that either detract from their message or could even distract their listeners. And we do it in a way that people say, hey, that's terrific because I used to have somebody I went to who yelled at me and you don't yell at me and you build me up and 
that's the way we want. That's that ennobling word that you mentioned earlier is to build people up. It's a great word. It, I mean, I mean, I mean, did it take you out of land on that word? It's a great story. I, I, it's a word. It's an ancient word. Okay. It's uh, 15th century France when it was first evidenced. I came across that word years ago when a gentleman by the name of Angela Roncalli used it in a book I was reading. And he talked about it in terms of literally building people up. And that means, the word itself means to elevate to the excellent. It's always drawing forth the very best. We know Angela Roncalli today is Pope John the Twenty Third, who did exactly that in his papacy. He built people up. That is what he was about. Interestingly, in Inc. Magazine a few months ago, I found the word. I was shocked to see (laughs) it is hitting the mainstream because people are realizing that to be a great leader, that's exactly what you do. You are noble. Noble. I love it. Well, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Leah and Thomas. Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and I'm the owner of 100th Monkey Media. 100th Monkey Media specializes in affordable and very effective social media solutions for the small to medium-sized business. Our goal is to create a social media presence that shows off who you are, what you do, and delivers brand loyalty and raving fans. Contact us today to learn what 100th Monkey Media can do for you. 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636-789-1776 or 100thmm.com. And we are back with Mishmash, and this is Mish Hancock. I am talking to Leo Lorendo and Thomas Gregory of Imprenzia. And they are, so during the break, we were talking about interesting words, a noble being such an interesting word, Leah. You've got words. Yes. And we were talking also about uh, vocabulary and how they're really excellent words that people use. And I was had the privilege of working in London years ago. And one of the clients, she could talk faster than anybody I have ever heard. And she was also throwing in ums and uhs all the time. And I kept saying, they're going, oh, my gosh. It was just like <laughs> flowing over me. So we started talking about the value of using pauses to slow her down, to get her to stop and eliminate the filler words. Mm -hmm. And she kept thinking, I can't do that. I can't do that. And then she listened to herself on a video and watched herself. And she said, wow. She said, it makes what I'm saying sound more considered. And I thought, I am going to take that word. And that was probably 10 to 12 years ago, and I still remember her and remember that word because wouldn't it be great if everything we said sounded more considered? Considered, exactly. Rather than stuff just flowing out? I love that So that's idea. my word. I like that word. Well, and it's a, it's a word we know, but in that context, yes. it's, you know, it makes you sit back. And, yeah. and that's what I love about what you, what you two do really does change perspectives. Um, and like you said, there's so many people that they're not aware of how they look, how they act, what they really, really sound like, unless they're watching themselves, you know, because I mean, I, I think that sometimes I'm like, did they watch themselves? They need to watch themselves. That's, you know, that would be a good thing for them, which is, let me just say, okay, so, so you two are very helpful to the TEDx family as speaker facilitators and helping us to really round out how these speakers show up on stage. 
And I, I will tell you, there's, this is a subject that people are constantly on me about. How do I get a TEDx talk? What would I talk about? You know, do you have some insight to share with people on things that they would need to consider before they even try out for a TEDx talk or try to develop their TEDx talk? It's a hot subject. <laughs> yes, it definitely, <clears throat> pardon me, it definitely is. And I, uh, one of the things that we think is great about the TEDx format is that it forces you to think about the words or use our word consider again, to consider exactly what you are going to say, what words you don't need, and how you're going to put your content together. <clears throat> pardon me, because with an 18-minute limit, you want to be sure that every word counts. No kidding. And I know that people say, oh, well, I've watched a lot of TED Talks, and I know that, but did you realize what makes it work? There are no extra words. There's no extra information. I don't mean us and ums. I just mean extra words. Right. Every word needs to have weight. You need to consider the fact that people are hearing it for the first time. They're not an expert on what you're talking about. And you want to help them understand it with your voice, your words, your body language. And a lot of people that we see just think of it as, I'm just going to throw my stuff out there and here's my TED Talk. Oh, yeah, I've done, I've, I can wing it. Yeah, I've talked about this. I and talk it's like, a wow, lot. this is the, a TED Talk is definitely not winging it. <laughs> no. Absolutely correct. And uh, those who do, we in our experience, have not done well. Mm-hmm. Those who realize that this is the ultimate storytelling experience are the ones who truly excel. The expectation, which we all know, is that you come there with a, an area of expertise that's right. important to the audience, it's important to the community. Ultimately, though, it's how do I tell the story in such a way that people will remember and they will leave with a call to action. Right. That's the true success of a TED Talk. You know who comes to mind for is Teresa Carrington. Yes. <laughs> and and so you two coach Teresa, who that was one of the the people I championed. I wanted her to have a <laughs> TED Talk. And um, and I remember Teresa said to me, you know, I met Thomas and Leah. I sat down and said, you just tell me exactly what you want me to do. And she got a standing ovation. And to me, that's proof right there. She listened. She was on time, you know, because it's, so a lot of people don't understand. It isn't like, oh, we we just dig you. Come do your TED Talk. We'll see you on this date. See you later. <laughs> I mean, there's so much more that goes into it. Talk a bit about the process. Yeah, you know, um, I recently uh, got the book for us. It was written by the curator of TED. Yes. So he's the original guy who created all of TED. Chris Anderson. Yes. And he talks about exactly what you said. You cannot show up for a TED Talk. Even the very best speakers, the professionals who, who who are speakers, still have to practice. They're coached. And most of the high-level communicators with TED are actually coached by him. Ah. And so he tells them all the things we're talking about here. And what we find that's difficult is that some people don't realize what has to go into a good TED Talk. Actually, it's we tell people that's what goes into anything you have to say. Right. In years ago, I remember people saying things like what you said earlier. Oh, I'm just going to wing it. I'm going to go in this meeting and just, you know, shoot from the hip, so to speak. And it doesn't work because there's so much information out there today that we're all bombarded with. You want to be sure that your message is heard and it takes practice to get your message heard. 
and it's very focused. It's a very, very. focused talk. It is. It isn't like you're going to do the top ten. You know, I mean, it's it's very focused yep. on a subject. Correct. Correct. <clears throat> you alluded to something earlier about Teresa and her practice. Teresa was an extraordinary student, and that's exactly what it takes. We we always say in our work that we do, and we have the great privilege of working with a number of companies and individuals. And we always say that we are so blessed to work with high achievers. <laughs> it, cool. It's truly what it requires to be great in any field. But for the TED Talk specifically, that's exactly what it requires. Is yeah. the tenacity you, you set upon it as if you were going after your graduate degree or <laughs> uh, a championship in it. sports. It's exactly how you have to approach it. Well, and it does show up on stage. It really does. So... You know, there are people that their egos may be in a place of like, well, I actually do know more than you. I actually, you know, I I don't. And, and, and really, when it comes right down to it, the truth of it is this is such an opportunity for them for growth. And I love when, when we do our events and afterwards when you're talking to, you know, all the speakers and they all... They all just feel like, I am so glad I did that. And I didn't even know what I didn't know. I didn't even know that I could be at that level of a talk. And it, and, and a lot of them have said that it has changed the way they've done their presentations, that they totally have a different way of doing it. So we, of course, you guys know this, we get a lot of people that are professional speakers that want to have their TED Talk. And, in, and that's kind of a little little thing against them because it's it's like well but the thing is is we don't want you to come here and do your regular shtick <laughs> you know we want a whole different thing correct yes and and we feel very strongly about that and the ones that we think have been most successful they're high achievers and they're very successful however thomas has this great way of being able to listen to someone speak and pick out meaningful pieces of it and it's mainly uh, not what they started with. They end up changing the, what their content was and changing the way they say things. And the people who aren't willing to do that and listen to it and listen to themselves on recordings and hear the differences are the ones who are not as successful. And I feel very strongly about what you said. Um, one of the things I really like personally about TEDx is that they're people who aren't accomplished paid speakers. Right, exactly. They're people who work hard to be excellent speakers, and that's what we have been able to work with, and we really like that. And we so appreciate the time you guys put in. It's wonderful. We get a lot out of it. Well, we are going to take another quick break, and then when we come back, it'll be the fun, wacky question time. Yay. <laughs> we'll be right back with Mishmash. This is Mickey Hancock. Now's a good time to get a snack. My mom's going to do another commercial. If you're looking for an agency to help you with creating and publishing engaging content, launching campaigns, or reputation management, 100th Monkey Media is the social media agency for you. Make your business successful with its social media and get a real return from your investment. 100th Monkey Media is far more affordable than you may think, and we make it easy and impactful. Learn how 100th Monkey Media can help you on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and more. Contact us at 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. And we are back this is Mish Hancock, and I'm talking to Leah and Thomas of Imprenzia. And now we're going to ask some fun questions. 
And they won't be hard, I promise. These are all like things you guys will totally get. Um, all right, so tell me, you both tell me a leader that you just feel is total leader, like the the awesome leader person of our earth, before, after, still alive, not alive, whenever. There are so many. I know. That's the cool thing. You you guys, that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> However, the one that pops into mind first and foremost is Coach John Wooden. And John Wooden was the most winning coach at UCLA from uh, back in the retired in the seventies. John Wooden was a servant leader, and everything he did revolved around his players first. He never cool. mentioned anything about himself, and his legacy stands today. He, a cool, cool man whose values were instilled very early on by his mom and dad on a farm in Indiana. Very cool, wonderful story. Now, I'll tell you a quick, quick story about John Wooden, a personal one. And I was in graduate school, had the good opportunity to have a wonderful professor, and her name, last name was Wooden. And I threw the question out. I don't know why I did, but it was a random question. And I said, would you by chance be related to Coach John Wooden? She said, yeah, he's my uncle. Oh. By marriage. Fun. I said, I just bought Coach Wooden's book. Would you have him autograph it? That would mean the world to me. And she said, absolutely, I will send it to him. He lived in Los Angeles and didn't hear back, didn't hear back. And I'm thinking, well, that one didn't go anywhere. Yeah. But I knew that she was a woman of great character and her word was golden. And sure enough, within two months, I had a package arrive at the door. And she had a note in there that to, to apologize Coach Wooden had signed the book. And the reason it took more time is he had had a fall and broke his wrist. He could not write. The legacy of Coach Wooden for me rests in the words that he inscribed in that book. He, first of all, thanked me for even asking for his autograph. It was continue to strive for success in the realm of servant leadership. Class man, in my mind, one of the best leaders we've ever known. Oh, awesome. I love it. Leah, did you have a person? Yes. Uh, Bill George, who used to be the CEO um, of Genentech. And I did some study on him years ago. And the reason that I really care about his leadership is he was one of the first major leaders of a big company who went um, to Wall Street and said, my people are first, and then the, the stakeholders and shareholders are after that. And they said, it's never going to work that way. You have to put your shareholders first, and you have to put the money first. And he said, it's not going to happen. So not only did he build this great, successful company, he now teaches at Harvard and teaches leadership programs. And he's truly someone who I first started realizing was practicing servant leadership oh, because cool. he put his people before the money. The interesting part is because he did that, the money came and the company grew and the reputation grew. So everything that he wanted to have happen happened because he focused on his team and his people. Oh, that's, I, I love that. That is just, I mean, that's golden, yes. right? That's yes. like a golden rule. Yes. So same question, but a fictional character, a fictional leader. Any ideas on that one? That's a tough one. Like I used to watch West Wing and think, wouldn't that be cool if they really did act that way? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't that be nice if that's actually they all really had these West like Wing. values? <laughs> West Wing, that's pretty good. Fictional. 
Well, I tell you, the one that comes to mind, uh, if, speaking of a television show, is Madam Secretary. Madam Secretary. Oh, Leone plays right. that role. And to look at a female character who can pull off being a leader and have those difficult conversations and still keep relationships intact, right. that's no easy task. No. But a fictional a character, good, that's a, I like she's, that. she's a strong leader. It's I cool like to say. it. I'm thinking Hercule Poirot from Agatha Christie. Oh. Because he always lived by his values, even though it was very difficult for him. And sometimes he had to make terribly hard decisions. He was a, a very devout Catholic. He always carried his rosary as a character around. And sometimes he had terrible dilemmas that were things that he had to fight with. Uh, but he was extremely well-respected. People wanted him to work for them. And he he didn't have a, a team, so to speak. Right. He was a person who lived as a leader by example. Right. It wasn't because he was a leader of others. More about the fact the way that he lived his life. So. You guys are excellent question answerers. <laughs> so, okay, along that same vein, along the same vein now, an animal in the animal kingdom that you think kind of has that leadership quality about them? There's there's several that come to mind, and certainly we, most of us would think the the lion. Yeah, that's exactly sure. the first thing I bet yeah. that comes into everybody's mind. There's there's a couple of others, too. That, that One that comes to mind for me, I ran track in high school and college, and I often love the, the gazelle. Ah. Uh, the gazelle is a certainly a leader of the pack, for sure, but because of that ability to be so fast and too... Uh, very quick on, literally quick on his feet. Uh, it's it's a great, great example in the animal kingdom of, well, of an animal that's strong. And they're graceful on they're top very, of it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great point. You know? and, yes, and a leader is certainly that. Oh, I yes. like that. I'm thinking. An otter? No. <laughs> <laughs> no actually, uh, I keep, I'm picturing the Jungle Book right now, so I'm trying to Ooh, think of all the well, different but characters. But I'm, I'm thinking go with that. So, you know, I was thinking about the Jungle Book the other day. We were listening to Bear Necessities. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a hilarious Real, but hilarious song, but also really interesting as an adult listening yes. to it. Like I don't think I I've ever really listened to it. Listened, listened, right. and then I don't know even how it came out. I was I was like that is an interesting song. And it's we uh, saw the the new movie recently and oh. was listening to that with uh, um, the new characters. And I'm trying to think of who was, I haven't seen the new. It's one. very fun, and they sing that in there too. So the song is in there. Oh. Really? He's great. Okay. Bill Murray is is one of the characters. He's hilarious He's as so usual, funny. and um, it it was interesting. They had different stories about leadership because they had the wolf pack, mm-hmm. and then they had the the tiger who was the you know trying to beat them all down. And it was very interesting because t- thinking of it as a fictional leader, I can't remember the main wolf, right? But how he wanted to protect all the other wolves, and then at the end they all were able to outsmart the other one because they worked as a team. Ah. And so as working as a team, they were able to outsmart the tiger. So it was uh, uh, maybe not one fictional character, but how you can work together and collaborate, if you will, and be able to beat the one who thinks he's bigger and smarter than you are. Ooh, and that could be like a good 
project for the people you work with. Like, yeah. here's your movie list. <laughs> here's your your leadership movie list. That's kind of that would be it's a true. fun that'd yeah. be fun homework. It's true. Like, you know, should lessons at twelve yes. o'clock high, right? Yeah, that's well. And there's so many, you know, especially when you're looking at a movie and you're looking at it through your lens, yep. you're gonna see, oh, this is a good movie about leadership. Yes. You know, I mean, I I watch different movies and and I'll say to people, I know I know what it looks like just as the movie, but there's some deep themes going on in there, if you really think about it, which is what makes the whole experience of watching the movie movie even more fun when you're going in with an absolute purpose sometimes. I mean, yes, we want it for entertainment, but there's a purpose to me watching this movie tonight. Yep. Absolutely so. agree with that. Yeah, there's some great examples out there. Oh, I, say, sure. we com- yes. I say we come up with a list. This yes. would be fun. I agree. I agree. <laughs> we should do that. That's true. Well, I will tell you what, I loved having you guys here today. I just am very honored that you came over thank here you. to talk to me today. And you know that I adore and love both of you very much. So thank <laughs> you so thank much. You. You thank well. you for inviting us. And thank you for all the wonderful things you do in this world. Great. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Mish. You have been listening to Mishmash. We'll catch you all later. <laughs> <laughs>